Hi, this is filmmaker and author Michael Morin. Whenever I'm not riding my bike around the Davis campus, I'm listening to KDVS College Radio right here. FM. Cool. This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. As promised on last week's show, we're going to devote our second segment today to a talk with Chris Mooney, author of The Republican War on Science. This book deals with many of the topics that we have um, thought it'd be a good idea to bring to you in the past. We will uh, we will go over them again with Mr. Mooney. I believe that will be a compelling segment. Stay tuned for that. To start the show in the usual manner, on this date in history, in the year 1097, during the First Crusade, Christian forces began the long and difficult siege of Antioch in Syria. In the 1920s, Syria ceded Antioch to Turkey, where it is today known as Antakya. A couple of years back, we spent a whole segment talking about the great fiasco of history that was the Crusades, and, you know, we probably ought to, ought to air that again at some point. On this date in 1842, German opera great Richard Wagner, age 29, premieres his Rienzi in Dresden to wide acclaim, causing me to think of Mark Twain's comment about Wagner. Twain once said, you know... His music isn't as bad as it sounds. And on this date in 1917, disguised Bolshevik leader Vladimir Lenin sneaks into Petrograd to organize an armed takeover of the Russian government. This prompted me to pull our dumb century off the bookshelf where The Onion presented 100 years of headlines. Their headline for 1917 for this very event was Pretentious, goateed coffeehouse types seize power in Russia. Subheadline, students in berets and turtleneck sweaters stage armed coup d'etat. Revolution fueled by triple espressos. <laughs> Winter Palace looted for poetry anthologies. And on this date in 1947, the House Un-American Activities Committee opened its investigation into communist infiltration of the American movie industry. We plan in the weeks to come to talk about uh, Good Night and Good Luck, George Clooney's uh, labor of love regarding Edward R. Murrow and his uh, standing up to Joe McCarthy, which, is, uh, which was a direct extension of this event in 1947, the House Un-American Activities Committee looking for communists under every bed. And we might add, in spite of the defense by people like Ann Coulter of the actions of McCarthy and others, not finding very many communists, despite the fact that various spies were selling, uh, or not even selling, were basically giving uh, nuclear secrets to the Soviets for the A-bomb and the H-bomb, many of whom were uh, never located to this day. And our quote of the day, and we have two in parallel, the first, I believe, comes from the Quran which is, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Conversely, Milton Berle once said, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a three-hour delay.
Our joke of the day comes from Kevin, who noted that Sister Agnes asked in Catholic school for the children to express what they wanted to be when they grow up. Billy said, I'd like to be a fireman. Oh, very good, said Sister Agnes. Annie, I think I'd like to be a doctor. Oh, that's nice. Mary Rose, I'd like to be a prostitute. Faith and Begara. <laughs> Sister Agnes is distraught. She runs down the hall. She gets the principal, Father Tom, who comes back and takes Mary Rose down the hall and to his office and sits her down and says, Now, Mary Rose, what is it you told Sister Agnes you want to be when you grow up? A prostitute, she said. Oh, thank goodness. She thought you said Protestant. Get in line in that processional. Step into that small confessional. There, the guy who's got religion will tell you if your sin's original. If it is, try playing it safer. Drink the wine and chew the wafer. Two, four, six, eight. Time to transubstantiate. So get down upon your knees. Fiddle with your rosaries. Bow your head with great respect and genuflect, genuflect, genuflect. And yes, I believe I'm entitled to make jokes like that, having attended catechism in my youth and actually being confirmed. And I should further add that joke was given to us by an Irish Catholic former altar boy. All right, we didn't get our copy of The Week magazine this week, but we so like to do that it was a good week for, bad week for, that we're going to do our own. So, uh, in my opinion, last week was a bad week for movie fans everywhere when Sylvester Stallone announced he's going to make Rocky VI. Yes, at age 59, Sylvester Stallone is going to reprise the role in the sixth Rocky. The original Rocky was in 1976, when he was 29 years younger. On the other hand, uh, last week was a good week for uh, beef eaters when the U.S. finally, finally banned the remains of older cattle, the most likely source of bovine spongiform encephalopathy, from all animal feed as well as cattle feed. Europe did this a long time ago. The U.S. delayed this up till now, and it still has yet to ban every risky feed, such as cattle blood in calf feed. Last week was a bad week for the Sony Corporation after Sony agreed to a $1.5 million settlement for using a fake critic to praise its movies. Back in 2001, as you may recall, ads for the films including Hollow Man and A Knight's Tale quoted praise from a reviewer called David Manning. People who saw the films can now get a $5 refund from Sony's payout. Now, it turned out the Ridgefield Press is a small paper in Connecticut, but they never had a David Manning working for them when people checked. But uh, Sony had David Manning calling Heath Ledger this year's hottest new star for his role in A Knight's Tale. He said the film The Animal was another winner, and Hollow Man was, quote, one hell of a scary ride, unquote. Now, don't ask us how you're going to prove to Sony that you saw A Hollow Man or A Knight's Tale, because we don't know. And a final item, it was a good week for keeping up appearances last week after a study was published in the magazine Science by Rebecca Safran of Princeton University on barn swallows. The review of this in The Economist noted that 
Everyone shows off when they're courting, but once you've paired up and settled down, there's a tendency to let standards slip. That, however, may not be such a great idea, at least if you're a swallow. The uh, male birds whose plumage was spruced up with pigment, um, it was discovered, uh, had a higher percentage of uh, their DNA in, uh, in the various clutches of eggs that, uh, that were being laid. Despite the pairing off in the birds, only 70% of the eggs were sired by the, quote, husband of a pair. But once uh, the improved performance bird was turned loose uh, on his mate, the percentage went up to 95%. There's a lesson in this, folks. Don't let yourself go. All right, we're going to be talking in our second segment about the GOP war on science. And uh, we're going to spend most of the rest of the show talking about science in general. But as long as we're talking about the GOP, we should note that it's been a bad week for them uh, last week. In The Economist, they noted uh, the various red-faced Republicans out there, the political scandals that are uh, simmering, noting that Karl Rove, Scooter Libby, Tom DeLay, Bill Frist, and Jack Abramoff are all uh, potential sources of embarrassment. Roe was considered the most potentially embarrassing, and we, like everybody else, are following what uh, Patrick Fitzgerald will do next in the Valerie Plame outing case. We hope at some point perhaps to bring Ambassador Joe Wilson back on this program for a third visit. That would be nice. But uh, that's very curious. But I noticed that uh, Scott Shepard of the Cox News Service notes that uh, the person in Washington that has Republicans most nervous is not Roe, but Jack Abramoff. Apparently, this guy is a superstar lobbyist. He's uh, the center of investigations that are ranging from allegations of influence peddling in the halls of Congress and the White House to a gangland-style slaying in Florida and political shenanigans in Guam. Abramoff is under investigation by a multi-federal agency task force and the Senate Indian Affairs Committee for past lobbying activities on behalf of Indian gambling casinos, which reportedly netted him up to $82 million in fees, and for his golfing trips for members of Congress and other Republican luminaries. We should note also that uh, Dick Pombo, congressman from uh, Stockton, uh, is uh, currently in a little bit of trouble for some of the junkets he's been taking uh, by the, from groups funded by people like Monsanto. We hope that Chris Mooney will, will be able to shed some light on that incident. And I don't know whether you heard this story that Mr. McMillan, uh, our producer, picked up that apparently uh, Hurricane Katrina victims are being housed on cruise ships at twice the going rate they would charge cruise customers. <laughs> the government, that means you and I, are paying $1,200 a week to put up hurricane victims on cruise ships. You just can't make this kind of stuff up. Love, exciting and new. Of course, Gary Trudeau's been on this story as he's had Ambassador Duke and Honey uh, spirit themselves out of Iraq <laughs> to take advantage of the, uh, the, what is it, billion dollars a day they're spending down in New Orleans. He uh, managed to get himself like a presidential suite on one of the cruise ships. Let it flow. It floats back to you. All right, as we promised on last week's program, uh, Stephen Valentino, our very own general manager here at KDVS, uh, 
will talk to us a bit about uh, an award you received in Chicago this summer. Steve, are you there? Yeah, good afternoon, Doug. Good afternoon to you. How, how are, how's classes going? Um, you know, the quarter's starting out. I haven't bought any books yet, but that's about normal for week two. <laughs> so, uh, t- tell us a little bit about this award. I uh, submitted a piece to the National uh, Radio Project a couple months ago, back in November. Actually, it would have been November of last year, um, on uh, gay marriage. And uh, it's been on the station a couple times, and it was syndicated nationally. And then I uh, ended up submitting it this summer to the National Gay and Lesbian Journalism Association, and I wound up being their student journalist of the year. Well, good on you. Thanks. Is it? Will the piece air again here on KDVS? It's possible. It's a little out of date, as you may know. There's been a lot of developments in the story, what with Arnold Schwarzenegger, what, the marriage bill in California, and the name, the number is escaping me right now. But there's a lot happening with that story right now, so I may take some elements of that and then retool them and turn them into another piece for KDVS. Like an update? Yes. Well, we look forward to hearing that. Well, thank you. Steve, as you no doubt know, on this program, we have, uh, we've examined that issue of gay marriage and felt that it's probably a stick which Karl Rove has been using to beat the Democratic Party with, and a lot of people think it was influential in the 2004 election. Um, what, do you, what do you say to that? Um, I'm going to say that they're barking up the wrong tree on that one. Um, I mean, maybe I have my own personal biases on the issue, but I think there is a lot more things going on in the 2004 election than just simply uh, gay marriage is a wedge issue. I mean, particularly when you look at things that, that were going on in Ohio and things that you've reported on this program, there were a lot more uh, things that might merit investigation than, than pointing the finger at gay and lesbian groups. All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to return to that topic of what happened in election 2004 without any doubt uh, in, in the months to come. And I'm sure we're going to try and assess how big an impact that made. Uh, uh, my belief is that it did make a very significant difference, but we might just agree to disagree on that one. I think we may have to on that one, Doug. Fair enough. But as our GM, of course, I know you appreciate the diversity of opinion that one finds here on Public Affairs Broadcasting. As always, Douglas. And you a fine program, and we're more than happy to keep you in the schedule for another year. <laughs> I'm pleased to hear it, <laughs> boss. <laughs> All right, Stephen Valentino, our own GM, we look forward to hearing an update on that story, and hopefully it'll, it'll air again at some point. Thank you so much, Doug. You're listening to KDVS 90.3 FM. This is Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. Stay tuned for Chris Mooney, author of The Republican War on Science. Hey, little sister, who's the only one? Hey, little sister, who's your superman? Hey, little sister, who's the one you want? Hey, little sister, shotgun. Your 